This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey gang, we're here in the off-season to delight you once again with another separation anxiety. I first want to issue an apology for our finale episode being late. I did not realize that it was unpublished. I had to call him on it. Yeah, on Saturday you were like, where's the episode? And I was like... I checked because we recorded on Wednesday. Wednesday. I checked on Thursday, but I knew that Ryan was busy. You know, had a lot of uh, had a lot of Tinder profiles to no, double like. No Tinder profiles. He's working real to... hard to get that. What is it? What do they call you if you're like a? Oh, I don't know, like a super no, member yes, you or whatever. Because yeah, use somebody a Tinder swindler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what they call Taylor you. Taylor Swift. <laughs> uh, when you like, when you're like special, because you get like all the roses or whatever. Oh, like a and that's on Hinge. It's like a top pick or yeah, something. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like he's trying to be a top profile. pick. My uh, Hinge pause pa- profile is paused. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Uh, but. I looked on Thursday, not there. Checked on Friday, still not there. Yeah. Said, what the fuck? We had our listener Nathaniel in town this weekend, and you had to uh, get on me in front of Nathaniel, which is nothing new. Had to really new. publicly embarrass Ryan. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, I edited it on Wednesday night, and it was set to drop, but I pushed the wrong button. So it did not publish, much like my faculty annual review evaluation. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> I am pushing the wrong what, buttons. What button are you pushing well, every so time? Well, <laughs> so I push the save as draft button, uh, which is the default for the in Megaphone. For, for the podcast for annual review? For the podcast. It is the default to save it as okay. a draft. Uh, I th- I pushed save on my so same but thing. But not submit. But not submit. Yeah, same mistake both times. Yeah, I saved Ooh. it. To be fair, we've only published hundreds of podcast episodes, and you've only worked at this university for 11 years. It is a new software that is notoriously frustrating to use. Is it, though? It is. By new software, can we recognize that we've been using it for the last three years? Correct. I have three full reviews This is so newfangled. I just can't (laughs) handle it. There's new technology. Yeah. Uh, well, it's up. It is our finale on The Bachelor. Much as I pushed Ryan to perhaps revisit old episodes of Vanderpump Rules or even podcast uh, the new season of Love is Blind, he refused. And I will say my counter argument is... How many months ago did we watch Fleischman is in trouble? And we're just recapping well, it now. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> oh, it's here and it's there. We didn't commit to it's podcasting about Fleischman is in trouble. I understand, but we watched it. We if watched we commit, eight episodes. We commit. We committed to you and I committed Except to doing it. Except if it's marriage. <laughs> <laughs> but podcasting a TV show, I think that's it. I'm a little afraid of commitment now. Yeah. Maybe I'm a little <laughs> commitment. Maybe I'm a little gun shy. (laughs) I haven't heard that. (laughs) I don't necessarily want to commit to a whole nother show right now. Maybe I want to watch a bunch of different shows. Yeah, see uh, (laughs) maybe some drama, maybe some comedy, maybe a little sci-fi. See what else is out there. Maybe Uh, a fantasy show. Don't I know it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, but we are. That transitions transitions us into... We are recapping the show that all of America is talking about right now. Fleischman is in trouble. 
It's hot off the presses. <laughs> Everybody is big on it. After this, we're going to do a recap of my so-called life. <laughs> we're just going to do the Claire Danes oeuvre. Oh, yeah. Her whole oeuvre. Oeuvre. So we could, we could do Homeland, which we watched a little bit of. Yes. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. And uh, Shop Girl. Are we doing movies? And I think we're doing movies. And, then, and we can do uh, that episode of uh, Master of None that she was in. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, she was she I was in it. I forget about that show. I liked that show. Well, yeah, he got canceled. So, well, sure, yeah. that happens. So that'll do it. Uh, she was in Little Women. Oh, as one of the little women? Nope, she was. <laughs> she was one of the big women. <laughs> she was Marmy. No, she was Beth. <laughs> okay, yeah. I don't. I am not that familiar with Little Women. And she was in the movie. You never saw that uh, Little Women? I think with- I saw... A little bit of Little Women. When, uh, a little Little Women. I saw a mid-level of women. <laughs> uh, she was, uh, that one was Winona Ryder, Kirsten Dunst as the youngest sister, Amy, who is a bitch. She is the She's a worst. real Terry Gross. She really is. What does she and, do? Um, Welcome to our Little Women recap yeah. podcast. What I does mean, she do that's so terrible? There are several iterations of Little Women that I could talk about on mm-hmm. here. Um, do, do you not know, like, have you never seen Little Women? No, I have not. I thought that no, we, watched we watched a little together. bit of once. One of the little women falls through the ice. That's Amy. Okay, yeah. And that leads to why she's so terrible. She deserved to fall through the ice. Oh, she did. She deserved death. Yeah. Well, she deserved close death. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Amy deserved death a whole lot more than Beth, who, spoiler alert, Miki, dies. Beth, death? Yeah. Yeah. Beth, Beth death is beth gets death (laughs) amy gets rescued by joe uh joe is an aspiring writer Mm -hmm. and in a fit of rage at not being allowed to go to one of the like dances they go to like Uh a deb i don't know a debutante ball or something uh, yes whatever the square dance yeah yeah Yeah. whatever the little women are dancing Um, around to so Joe and God, who's the old? Well, you're not gonna know. Uh, Joe and Cassandra. There's one older sister. She's older than Joe, and she's real like, "Ooh, I'm responsible." Oh, right, the real up uptight one. Marmy's yeah. the mom. Then there's Deborah. This, yeah, <laughs> Linda. <laughs> uh, I'll think of it. I'll Google it. And then okay. there's Joe. And then there's Beth, who's you know a saint. And then there's Amy, who's the youngest and is spoiled and bratty. Mm-hmm. And Joe and this Meg. Joe and Meg okay. get to go to uh, this ball. Amy doesn't get to go. She's real butthurt about it. And she takes Joe's manuscript, which it's the 1800s, Right, guys. this is it, yeah. There's no laptop. Uh-huh, she doesn't have a backup. Uh, and she throws it into the fire. Ooh, that is a real bitch move. Yep, oh, man. she is awful. And the worst. she also gets one of the best one-liners in the movie, which is that Joe chops all of her hair off. To do something. I can't remember even what it is To donate to Locks of Love. <laughs> well, she sells it. Uh-huh, she's, yeah. Uh, she sells it for something. But then Meg got her that comb, and it was this whole tragic thing. It was a thing. debacle. Yeah. But uh, she comes in with her short hair, and Amy says, You're one true beauty. <laughs> <laughs> Burn. <laughs> oh, snap, Amy. Snap. Anyway, and then, and then. And then. As if that's not enough. It is Joe enough. and Teddy all have this, like, will they, won't they, like, Everybody thinks that they're going to end up uh-huh. together because they're like best friends, but they secretly are in love oh, with each no. other. Oh, no. Does Amy steal him? Yes. Later, Amy gets to go to Europe because uh, she's like become Aunt March's like lap lap dog. So, and she's beautiful mm-hmm. and like she does art. So, Joe has been like taking care of Aunt March this whole time. But when she, um, but then Amy gets to go on this trip. Oh my and then God. she goes over yeah. there and Teddy's over there being like an international playboy and they fall in love. And so then they come back and they're like married. Oh, man. It is a saga. That is a saga. That is poor Joe. But then Joe falls in love with a professor. Of course she And they're does. better suited for each they other are anyway. Because you know what? Other, Teddy yeah. kind of sucks. Yeah. Teddy's a fuckboy. Te- oh, it sounds like a huge fuckboy. Yes. It's little women and fuckboys. Yeah. And big <laughs> fuckboys. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was the original title. They had to cut it down. Uh, anyway. We watched a different story, yeah. though, that we're going to recap now. Called, also starring Claire Day. Yes. <laughs> call it, called Fleischman is in Trouble. Some of the viewers, uh, some of the listeners may have viewed it. Uh, we have a real quick shout out first. Yeah. So we have a great review from Kelly and Eric saying, sign me up for Aww. Insufferable. Yeah, right? Yeah. Sending positive vibes to cancel out the negativity. Well, not Aww. our negativity because nah. we're very negative. <laughs> My husband and I look forward to your podcast every week. Oh, you're married. That must be nice. Your recaps are <laughs> Is funny <it> and honest <laughs> and perfectly reflect how annoying but entertaining the show can be. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's really because we're so entertaining, we kind of redeem the show. That is that is the positive feedback that we get. Mm-hmm. Which, which far is, outweighs the negative. Yeah, as bad Chardine. as the show gets, <laughs> we keep it real entertaining. <laughs> we can only be as positive as the show is, too. We can't, we can't polish this turd of a show. I'd like to give an update on Izzy, the cat. Yes. No longer in heat. Yes, no longer in heat. Back to normal. It was a real Jekyll and Hyde situation. It was a show, guys. Yeah, it was something else. She was ready to go to the Kit Kat Club. She (laughs) might as well have been Amy in Europe. Just falling for the Playboy. That is how Amy gets Teddy. She just kind of wanders around Europe going sticking her bottom in the air. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I miss it though. Yeah. It was quite the ordeal. And that should be her last her last round because she round. Getting fixed. She's getting yeah. fixed on Friday morning. Yep. First thing in the morning. Yeah, first thing on a Friday. TGIF. Thank God <laughs> it's fixed. <laughs> All uh, right. So Izzy's fixed. Should we give a? This is a separation anxiety episode. It is a separation like it's been anxiety a long time episode. Since yeah. we've done one. Do you want to yeah. give a? Let's give a little update on how we're doing. State of affairs. A state as of affairs. Yeah. State <laughs> of uh, state of the non-marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, what do we? I mean, state of the non-union. <laughs> boom that's, that's good yeah that's there the it one. is there's the joke uh yeah i think that i'm trying to think of what we have to update on i mean we're still not actually legally divorced because we're lazy correct yeah we are you're still living in the house around the corner and down the scary hill yes, yes. re-signed the lease for another for year. another year got missy as your landlord for one more year yep. yeah looking still looking at permanent houses yes yeah. because i can't have a dog here guys and it blows. if you know of a permanent home within a three block radius of this one <laughs> please send us a message <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. I am. Yeah, I'm feeling good. We didn't really prep our recap, but I think things, the dust has settled a lot, Mm -hmm. is what I would say. Mm -hmm. And that I think we are both in a better place as far as I can tell. I mean, you said you weren't that good I'm yesterday. I'm not. (laughs) Yesterday was real rough. Uh, No, I mean, I do feel like that... And I mean, some of this maybe will segue into the show well, Mm -hmm. but I feel like the show did a good job of capturing just kind of like the ups and downs of emotions and how easy it would it is to like feel pretty great about things for like a month straight and Mm -hmm. then just have a day where you're like, I want to die. Yeah, yeah. To have it, it is there are ups and downs, and I think. This show, which we'll talk about in a minute, does capture a lot of that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we have settled into a really good co-parenting routine. Mm-hmm. We're I still think. taking trips. Yeah, we took a, we tr- took a, a spring, spring break yeah, trip. Yeah, and it was great. We had a, we said this was really less stressful than most of the trips that mm-hmm. we took when we were married. For sure. More yeah. enjoyable, less stressful. Right. And now it's just like, well, we're supposed to be sleeping in separate rooms. Now, right. So, like, it's not weird anymore. And, like, truly does just feel like a family dynamic. Yeah. Like, we were talking about, <laughs> I think that's probably one of the strangest things to explain to people, either people that we're dating or just friends or people listening to other this family particular members. show. Yeah. Yeah. Our general you, audience. Kelly and Eric. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I do feel like it feels like we've settled into the relationship that we were always supposed to have. I completely which agree. feels more, yep. <laughs> I don't want to say like a sibling relationship, yeah. but it's a weird blend of like sibling and friend yeah. and, and co-parent. Right. Uh, yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And that I think is why 
I was saying that like it feels good like about yeah. us. You know, there are yeah. other things in our our lives that are a little more complicated. You know, complicated. And I think it's not hard. even really related to this or right. like our dynamic. Well, yeah. related to that, I do think that it's <laughs> It's a complicated thing to explain to other people. Sure. Yes. To and to just be like, it's not weird yeah. to us. Right. And like, you know what? This is totally normal. This this is the normal <laughs> thing, guys. I think that's it. Is like, it's obviously not normal. It is the the outlier. Um, I mean, I, I do think we are the anomaly. Oh yeah. Although we both said, I think that these types of relationships and and divorces seem to be becoming more um more frequent more common more yeah. common Thank no you. we're very on trend we're like very ahead of the curve as per usual yeah normalize having a weird close relationship with your ex-spouse yeah normalize it yeah yeah it's totally fine yeah totally fine yeah not problematic for anyone involved i feel like that's the hard thing it's like it's not problematic for us and it's not hard for us, but it's hard for other people. Right. I guess here's the thing though is, and I am sympathetic to other people. I um, am not. But <laughs> I think a lot of people's relationships with their exes are problematic yeah. for the new person as well. And so I think if, if you're going to have a problematic ex-spouse relationship i think this is still better than a different kind of problematic right ex-spouse relationship they're, pro- they're going to be in the picture in right. some way shape or form and they're going to annoy new love interests in some capacity right yeah right either they're going to make them mad about the way they're treating the person that you're with or right. they're still you know a weird hold over the person or they're still making your life miserable you know it just yeah. seems like it's very hard yeah. to not have an ex-spouse causing some sort of disruption yeah 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 yeah. no i agree with that and i mean i think we've both had to kind of keep in mind as you know this was something that we said early on in some of these episodes but like people's reaction to it i think says a lot more about them than us (laughs) says everything about them everything why are you miserable (laughs) (laughs) why do you hate joy i think I think sometimes people want to believe that it is that there's something else at play that we're being secretive about or that we're fooling ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, maybe we are like, I do feel like there are times when we're kind of faking it, but the, you know, fake it till you make it is an expression for a reason. Well, and it's, I don't, everyone's fooling themselves. Well, yeah. Yeah. We're all lying to ourselves all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you, listener, are lying Very to few people, I think, have completely healthy, functional relationships with anyone. With anybody, So, yeah. like, I don't know. I, I just feel like I also, I mean, a lot of the show that we're going to talk about is about middle age. Yes. And, man, I cannot state enough how much I just don't give a shit anymore about... Right. Not what anybody thinks, but like it's a pretty short list. Yeah, it's a very short list of people that you actually have to be concerned about at this yeah. point. Yeah. Well, let's this transitions us into the show because you also said I don't think that anybody has a totally healthy relationship with anyone. And that also kind of captures this show. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to for our listeners who haven't seen it, you want to briefly set up the show? Uh yeah sure put that on me oh I'll do it I'll do I'll start <laughs> no, and you I mean, jump we, in so it's based on a novel which which should be noted neither one of us has read no and I, I don't read books okay, well yeah I just watch Bravo so <laughs> as uh, the, I will say I mean some of the characters were giving off Real Housewives vibes oh interesting okay we'll get to that based on a novel that neither one of us has read and I don't even feel the need to read it now mm-hmm. because I my all of my understanding of reviews has been that it sticks very very close to right. the book right. so that's all to say I'm sure the book is really really good but uh-huh. um, I feel like we got a pretty right we got the story yeah, yeah. we got it yeah, yeah. we're I'm good covered. fuck yeah. books I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna give a book report based on this uh, TV <laughs> show that we watched so jesse eisenberg plays fleischman and when we enter the series he's in them he's they're divorced they're divorced yeah but newly newly divorced, freshly divorced. he's yeah. dating mm-hmm. and we're all we get about the first what seven episodes yeah. from really completely his point of yep. view mm-hmm. 
And his point of view is that his wife, Rachel, has kind of caused this divorce by being a workaholic, career obsessed. Right. Not a good mother. Yeah. Yeah. She's um, checked out of motherhood. Um, and and basically the kind of driving conflict is that she disappears. She tells mm-hmm. him she's going to a retreat because she needs some me time and then she doesn't come back. And mm-hmm. so a lot of it is just the fallout of him uh, figuring out what to do with his kids, the kind of professional repercussions that it's having on him and mm-hmm. I mean, basically all of that. Yeah. And then we also have Lizzie Kaplan and Ted Mosby playing a second couple. And right. Lizzie Kaplan is the narrator, which I found a little bit strange. How did you feel about that decision? Oh, I liked that. Okay. It just seemed weird. Like, how did she... Because it's sort of like... It, it also is interesting because you get her perspective on his perspective on Rachel. You know? Right. Like, it does get sort of like one extra layer removed. Well, I felt like it, if they were going to have a narrator, it had to be something like that because it couldn't be Fleischman and it couldn't be Rachel. Right. It's got to be an outside force. that it worked really well... Because she's his friend and yes. like she's never liked Rachel. Uh-huh. She's never felt, you know, like Rachel liked her. Mm-hmm. And so I did think that that what happens is after about seven episodes, you get more of a perspective from Rachel in terms of what went wrong and where she went. And I thought that worked really well to have that outside narrator because one of the things that happens is that and i guess we should preface this by saying we're just gonna have spoilers listen miki there's spoilers in this. (laughs) if you want to watch the show watch the show don't listen to this first also (laughs) you had your chance yeah this has been out for like six months um so when we find out that rachel basically didn't disappear as like this self-indulgent act but she had a complete nervous breakdown Fleischman has a like really unsympathetic response to it. And I think you have to have that Lizzie Kaplan character in there reacting objectively to how terrible he's mm-hmm. being. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just think that you, if, if they, again, they wouldn't have to have a narrator, but because they do have one, I think it has to be someone like that. Yeah. Well, and you're right. And it, I guess one of the things that I think I loved that the show was going for is that these stories are always more complicated than the single person's perspective that you right. get. Right, yes. But it also wasn't like when Lizzie Kaplan, her, like her character's like, I just learned that still people's story. Like she basically says that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I mean, we kind of know that. You know, like, I don't know. It didn't quite hit. It was, it was treated as like this big revelation when it was... I feel like they could have gotten more of a revelation out of that. It feels like when Owen Wilson in uh, Midnight in Paris is like, you know, I think people in every time period, which they <laughs> lived in a different time period. It felt a little too on the nose. Yeah, right. Or just like, yeah, most people in their 40s know this yeah, already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, there could have been more. I feel like that was a good jumping off point and a lot of promise, but maybe there could have been even more. But I think that's what they were going for, and that does work of her being like, Oh, my friend. I've been hearing yeah. this very yes. specific narrative narrative of mm-hmm. how this marriage broke down from one person. Yes, and- right. And it's more complicated than that. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, I mean, the big thing, obviously, is, you know, we follow Fleischman, who is... First, let's talk about the... the Can I interject and yes, say please. that you haven't listed a really important character? Adam Brody is in there, guys. Oh, yeah. Seth Cohen. Yeah. Uh, looking fine. Oh, you thought he was looking good? Yeah. I've always loved him. He popped up in the ring the other day for like two seconds. Oh, yeah. He's in it. I think he's really funny in real life, too. Like, I've listened to interviews with him. He's super smart, Mm -hmm. and he just seems cool. Isn't he? Who's he married to? Um, Leighton Meester from Gossip Girl. Yeah, yeah. right. Those like, what a WB beautiful couple. Dynasty. I know. I know. Loyalty. I always get them confused, because uh, he's I confuse. I think she feels similar to Rachel Bilson, but that's yes. who he dated on the OC. Oh, I see. He's got yes. a real type. Yeah, he? I think he yeah. does. Yeah. I think, think they he might does. have. They dated in real life too. Okay. She, uh, he and Rachel Bilson did, and they broke up, and then had to continue to film the OC. Ooh, awkward. Isn't it awkward to have to keep working with your ex, with somebody that you've broken up with, <laughs> yeah. and have to pretend to keep liking them? Uh, yeah. Funny aside, that one of my students was horrified by herself the other day because she said she was going on and on in Ryan's office about how great I am and Ryan had to be like we're divorced. Well no <laughs> that's that's not entire again you heard one person's story. I heard Hannah's yes. recounting Yes of this is what we learned Hannah, from who Fleischman by is in all trouble. Accounts does seem prone to humiliation to feeling like 
very, uh, oh my God, I put my foot in my mouth. Because I was like, Hannah, it's fine. So she was just talking about you and she was like, are you guys married? And I was like, oh, we, we were. That was it. That was the <laughs> that whole. Was it? That was the whole interaction. That was very yeah. different from the way that Hannah recounted. Yes, it. correct. That is entirely <laughs> my objective narrator point of view. Is that uh, was that uh, that's what happened. Yeah. All right. So let's. We're just going to kind of go global with this, but I think it's worth talking. We get a lot of Fleischman in the beginning. How did you feel about the Fleischman character and Jesse Eisenberg? I mean. I hate to pull the uh, Catherine Heigl, like, my character would never date Seth Rogen card. Mm -hmm. But I did feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, because we're in, but I think it's even probably more so the case in a place like New York City. Right. I felt like they overplayed how desirable... Fleischman was mm-hmm. it, the way that you kind of enter the TV show is that Fleischman is now single is on all these dating apps and has just entered this like cornucopia of like, like tens boobs and eleven. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, he might as well be dating sex. Izzy and heat just yeah. over and over and over. Again. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I understand, I do think, and you know, you obviously went on the dating apps. I did not. And so you would have a more accurate, uh, recount of how, how accurate that is. I think there's some truth to that, that like it's bizarre and also kind of bizarrely appealing if you've been in a, in a long-term relationship Mm -hmm. for however long, a decade or more. To get on there and be like, oh, like people want to hook up with me. Right, right. I think that it, the gist of it is somewhat accurate. Like obviously that's the like New York Hollywood version right. of that. I also think what they captured well was this guy who I may be sympathetic to who was like, I know no woman looked at me when I was 20. Right. And then I came yes. out of this thing and like things are different now. And you know? I want to say my favorite thing which is say it with me what i told you so like i feel like you talked a lot about that kind of early on in the stages of our separation Uh of like i don't want to go back out there like i hated dating when Mm -hmm. i before i met you it was awful and i i mean i'm right right i said you were right you were right yeah. yeah like you're older now you have a steady job like i don't think that you can underestimate how badly some of these women have been burned yes and so some of these qualities that a either didn't exist when you were mm-hmm. 21 or b wouldn't have mattered right are like oh you have a steady income yeah that's hot yeah no that's or like <laughs> you're kind yeah like legitimately several people are like you read books? Yeah. Like, I could read a book and we could talk about that book. Like, it's, yeah. you know, stuff that... Because you're like a lot of... One, a lot of the good people are taken sure. when you're this age. Yeah. And people have been burnt. Lame. Yeah. <laughs> I think they also capture... And again, you can speak more to the accuracy of this than I can. But my sense from you has been that the women on these apps are of a higher caliber than the men, Correct. generally that speaking. That is the impression <laughs> that I get. Yeah. Yeah. From the very... I mean, obviously, I don't see, you know, the whole picture. But it appears to me that... There are plenty of women, especially in a smaller town. You know, I think New York City is probably a totally different animal. But like one woman I went out with, she was like, I like went through the whole thing. And Hinge was like, I'm out of people to show yeah. you. Like, do you want to go back and <laughs> see like when the Mosby people again? That, that, uh, that, uh, dating, like dating service. Yeah, yeah dating right. Like we, we don't have anybody for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that there is, I think it is probably much harder and more annoying. Well, not. It's different, probably. Female listeners weigh in, obviously. But yeah. I think it's probably more annoying to be a woman on these apps because you get all these stupid, like, you're hot, or like, you know, like, yeah. here's a dick pic, well, I mean, whatever. that's like, yeah. I've talked to female friends that have been on there, and just, I mean, I feel like the sheer amount of, like, here's my penis, like, that's yeah. the way, like, I really don't understand. <laughs> Anything about that is yeah. the thought that like some woman is going to be like, oh, that's the dick for me. Whoa, look at that. Yeah, look like, at this. Yeah. It just seems like a bad move. No, I don't get it either. Now, I will say Hinge is smart 
and that you just you cannot send pictures. Yeah, that and is I think smart. that was a really good. It's like the voice, design, right? You get right. <laughs> it's all blind. Why don't yeah. you sing me a song and then I'll see if I'll go out with <laughs> right, you? Right, because you can send voice memos. So, but I guess in to sum up, you know, they, and they showed that scene where he was just like swiping away for like hours, and I also feel like that's identifiable. Yeah. Um, but I thought this again. It's sort of like the Steve Carell thing in Crazy Stupid Love, like. Whereas, like, this is how this would unfold in a movie. Right. But it's not completely, totally It's not inaccurate. Crazy. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. That is how I felt yeah. as well. I mean, I just thought that it was amped up mm-hmm. to a slightly ridiculous sure. degree. And I also, I mean, Fleischman is a doctor. I, You tell me, like, how attractive on a 1 to 10 scale do you think Jesse Eisenberg is? Not. Yeah. Not, not my type. But I think yeah. I also think of him as... Uh, Mark Zuckerberg sure. and but this I mean, character Pale. was no. not that different because the other thing is he's, he's not super like he neurotic. Has, yeah, it's not like he has a great personality. No, and that was part anything. of it too. Was like <laughs> I didn't really like him. No, I felt like yeah. I mean I kind of like that scene at the end of the show when all when Adam Brody's character and Lizzie Kaplan's character, the three of them and, and Eisenberg, they all go outside of this party and they just start calling each other on their shit. Yes. And everything they said about Fleischman is true. Like yep. he's selfish. And I get it. Like if you're going through a divorce, I think you do become selfish. Everything becomes about you mm-hmm. and your problem. Um, but no, I didn't like him at all. No, I didn't like him either. He wasn't a very likable character. He's very like He's uh, very self-impressed. He insists upon himself. That guy's self-righteous. Self-righteous is the word I'm looking for. He's negative and self-righteous. Yeah, and so then I felt like, you know... God, they just show these flashback scenes where he's like bitterly making these terrible, sarcastic like barbs at parties that they're having. He's super like judgy on Rachel. Uh And even the scene. So like one of the things that we learn is that Rachel's character kind of shifted when she went through a really traumatic birth of the child. Mm -hmm. I thought the way that he was handling the childbirth and post-birth was awful. Yes. And I guess that's done on purpose so that by the time you do get to Rachel... You're already thinking like, well, maybe she's not that bad. But I thought that from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I was like, this guy's an asshole. Mm -hmm. Right. No, he, I'll say, I mean, I I did like that they presented him as what appeared to be like a pretty good dad. He is, but I feel like one of the things that he does and (laughs) he seems like someone that began to prioritize the children over the marriage sure, and yeah. then is shocked when the marriage doesn't survive. Sure, right. Is that like no, maybe no, I'm not saying. something that... I think that's yeah. something that that we both did, except uh-huh. I don't care about our kids as much as you do. So like you did it more. <laughs> I think uh, it's maybe a relatable move. Yeah, on, I, th- yes. I think we both stopped prioritizing the marriage, but you put a lot of, a lot of yourself into doing everything for the kids. Right. And that the thing about doing that is like to criticize it, you feel like a monster because mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. you're like, oh, oh it's you're a good too move. good of a dad. It's a good play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a brilliant but, play. I mean, I was, I, it's, it's interesting because he does that. And then I feel like the Mosby character also does that to mm-hmm. the Lizzie Kaplan. Mm-hmm. And it is tough as a mom when you're like oh i've been boxed out yeah and that can lead to a lot of bitterness lot and i think you see that play yeah. out in in those female characters uh-huh yeah so we have the fleischman character what about the rachel character give me your your take on her i mean i didn't like her either <laughs> yeah but i felt like i understood her character and i understood why she was so exasperated with mm-hmm. him by the point that it got to. Um, I don't know. I just, I I sympathized with her, honestly, more than him. That's interesting. You know, I wanted, because you could tell, and we had read some spoilers or whatever, like vague things like, they're going to kind of pull the rug out from under you. And I was sort of prepared to be like, okay, Rachel is going to be like, we're not getting the full Rachel story mm-hmm. here, right? Uh, I honestly, and, and obviously, like, mental illness is obviously, like, a very traumatic thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I do, 
I, it didn't seem though like they gave it like that's almost like an out yeah. like oh no she's no, crazy no I agree it you felt know? like she went to this retreat and got dumped by her like lover and then went insane yeah and I didn't like that <laughs> right no same and like this this whole thing of like not that just two people have which is very not to different... say that you can't have a psychotic break sure but right it's just it it's not equal footing for the characters to be on in terms of their perspective yeah because you know because she has some valid critiques of Fleischman and like why right. the marriage is frustrating and he has some valid critiques of her and yes. why the marriage should be absolutely frustrating. yeah but it's not like if you tell those two stories, like on this side, you have a guy who's maybe kind of a dick, but also frustrated with his wife. And on this side, the wife is crazy. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's just I not, thought, you can't go to a therapist and have that conversation. <laughs> well, that I, what I was going to say is I thought that what, what you get of Rachel before the psychotic break was a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that she, has constantly been feeling like she has to play catch up because she's not from an affluent affluent right. family and she gets into this kind of like society of, you know, high end New Yorkers where everything is so crazy and competitive. And so um, like that's kind of driving what he sees as just this like character flaw. Uh-huh, like this, he sees his materialism. Right. But yeah. what I felt was genuinely true of her just saying like, if we can have this for our kids, why wouldn't we want it? Mm-hmm. And I think that was another thing that drove me crazy about him was like, it's that thing where you you want to be able to criticize the system, but you also still want to use it. Sure. Like we talk yeah. about that a lot with our jobs. Uh-huh. Um, it just felt very hypocritical to mm-hmm. me. Like mm-hmm. he wants the benefits of having, you know, certain elements of the lifestyle. Right. But he also wants to be able to roll his eyes and be like, oh, that's so consumerist. Right, right. Or like, oh, people keep asking me about being a liver doctor. Right. It's so annoying. Right. It's all these tech bros who I'm sure I would hate hate or like all these like <laughs> finance bros like i'm sure i would also hate hanging out with them i did but. like that i thought that that was very clever how like he somehow has a shit job as a doctor yes <laughs> no that was and when he had that line where he was like only in this like 40 right. square blocks Is in the world am yeah. i like a poor person yeah <laughs> I, th- I mean i th- they had an interesting take on kind of like manhattan manhattan life oh so this brings this is one of the big things i wanted to ask you about um because i thought it was like a a really strong statement um there's a line i don't have the exact line but oh here it is um that uh, the mothers all these mothers like did this to themselves like lizzie kaplan basically says that like the truth is that these mothers like put these expectations and like did this to themselves like that's almost like a blatant line yeah in the show um in terms of what did what to themselves like Like, set up this hyper competitive environment yeah i think that's true um because i think a lot of times it's this kind of little like microcosm that that they have control over almost Mm -hmm. um i mean i think it's probably true okay i mean it's it's a it's a tough statement you know and i do because there was an accompanying article i'm sure you read too in like new york magazine or whatever about this show and it's sort of like this society Mm -hmm. and they had things like you know women are expected like to get like to chip in on like a cartier bracelet for like a newborn baby or whatever and um and they're like god this is terrible you know like i can't keep up with this yeah and i do think in that respect like i don't imagine that the husbands are like, you got to get, get that Cartier, Cartier bracelet. bracelet. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think social media has obviously like exacerbated that problem so that things that become trending all of a sudden, like 15 years ago, nobody was having a gender reveal party. Yes, and now right. like, you know, it's some sort of character flaw if you're not doing that. <laughs> but it's also a character flaw if you are doing it as <laughs> yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought one of the scenes that was the most heartbreaking was that one where we get Claire Danes like reaching out to the other moms yes. and, and them all saying that they're busy and then she happens upon them in the park. Mm-hmm. And I did think that that was very, it captures, um, I wasn't even just a stay-at-home mom. Like I kept my job the whole time, mm-hmm. but there's this real, there is this kind of, I think feeling of panic of like, I have to find the moms that I can be a little enclave with. Mm -hmm. And it's almost, it almost feels like high school where it's like, 
oh, you can't let everybody in because then that might put like your friendships at risk. Or mm-hmm. it's just very, it's very clicky. New, mm-hmm. new motherhood is, or yeah. at least it was that. That was my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought they captured that well. And in that sense, I guess it it is. It's a keeping up with the Joneses, but mm-hmm. it's just the moms. Yeah, and that's. I don't know. I mean, part of it, I, I think that there's some truth to it, not being a mom or part of this society. <laughs> I also think that it can get really close to like women be shopping, yeah, you know, or yes. like these ladies are just a cat fight, yeah. you know, like God, women are just have these unrealistic expectations for themselves. But they did it to themselves. I yeah. mean, I feel like that's an easy, like, of course, blame the women. Right. So that, <laughs> that was sort of my tension on that line. Yeah. And, and it didn't. The problem is it didn't give a nuanced take on that. Right. It, it's just not based, just that. It, yeah, that's it. That is happening, but there are other things that are happening as well. Um, so I, I get, what do you have? What do you, I have some more comments. But yeah, no, go ahead. Say? Okay, so I thought that this show was at its best when it gave every character a valid perspective. And you're like, I could see this person's point of view. I could yeah. see this person's point of yeah. view. Yeah. And that it, sometimes it did that really well and sometimes it did not. Okay. And even with, so like I thought one of the best scenes was when, so Josh Radner, I don't remember his character's name. Yeah. The Lizzie Kaplan husband and Lizzie Kaplan like have that fight in the garage. At the party. At the party. And like yeah. another Barbie, they like go into the garage and was have. It, was it your understanding that that was their house? Like, no. That was a neighborhood that party. That was a neighborhood party. Okay. Right. Yeah. That was not their house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They had, and she like happens upon him. Like he's at this party that he like probably put on like their and Google. He, he calendar. did. He says it was on the family calendar. Yeah. Um, and Fuck she you. like hadn't come. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean I, I get it. Like yeah, that's that's like, what she I'm saying. Has checked out all yes. summer. Has like disengaged. Has all but said I don't want to be a part of this family right now. Right. And so no, I I agree. Like it's hard because he's being such a jerk in that scene and at that party. But, mm. but you're right. I, I also was like, I don't blame him. Like yeah. I'd be pissed too. And that's <laughs> what I thought was great. Like those moments when it's like, yeah. God, he's being a dick, but I understand why he's being a dick and I get why she is frustrated, but why yeah. he's frustrated. And like the sort of the, the scene of them fighting is like, how you can kind of end in these like vicious cycles of like pushing each other away and pushing each other away, you know, and just like, and how neither one of them really even wants to be in that situation. So how did we end up like fighting in this garage over what? Like we don't even know exactly what it is. You just know that you feel terrible. Yes. Right. And you're pissed at the other person. Right. You're pissed (laughs) at the other person and like you can't even like, the specific things that you articulate don't even make a lot of sense. Like you're at this party shucking yeah. corn, <laughs> yeah. But there's just so much more well, to it. Everyone here is in a plaid shirt. Yeah. Um. No, I thought they did them. I l- l- thought they captured two very different failing relationships. Mm-hmm. Like I actually liked it that you have this parallel between Rachel and Fleischman and Libby and Ted Mosby mm-hmm. because I felt like Rachel and Fleischman's marriage is so much is is more of a failure because they are actually divorced but it's also really easy to pinpoint the reasons why they got divorced Uh whereas i felt like the other one (laughs) to me (laughs) spoke honestly more uh realistically to us oh yeah which is like i know that this is that this has all gone off the rails but Uh like I don't where. quite know yeah. why and where and yep. how we let this happen. Oh yeah, that one. I mean, the there were some interesting elements of the Fleischman story, but I did not identify it. With I it. felt and like the, I was just watching it as a viewer. Yeah, there were the, some things like again the parents, the, sure, the parental yeah. stuff, but for the most part, yeah, I, yeah. But that Lizzie Kaplan, uh, Josh Radner, yeah. I was like, this is yeah, and but that is good. This though, gets closer. Yeah, we've seen a lot of those relationships on TV, so it's good to have like a variety of marriages a lot of the a lot of the more volatile ones no i think a lot of the sort of like we're sort of sick of each other yeah in middle age yeah you know that's a lot of like sitcom yeah it is but i think you often do get that sitcom trope version of it where it's like yeah it's kind of a hassle but Mm. like you get through it and it does even right ray and deborah barone yeah Yeah. and it's like well what if you don't get through it like what if it turns into more and and like then what yeah like how do you get yourself out of this spiral Mm -hmm. and 
yeah so so again i have a lot more to say but one of them is so it's spoiler alert miki so in the end so first of all we get a scene where lizzie kaplan is talking to adam brody and fleischman at the party and is like here's what i think at a happen. separate party at a separate party yes at the friend party where, where he adam brody has gotten engaged yeah <laughs> so he's about to get married and she's like, here's what I would write if this were going to be my story. Mm-hmm. It's like, she comes in the door and you don't know if, you know, like, she th- you think maybe they're going to get back together. Mm-hmm. And sorry, gang, it's been a while since we watched this, so I don't remember the specifics. But then she goes home and gets back in bed with Mosby and he's like, you always come back. And mm-hmm. it's like, they're going to be okay. And then the ending of the very ending of the show is Fleischman's in his little shitty apartment and Rachel just like walks in. Like yeah. Opens the door and so walks they kind in. of fool you because they, at first when she's narrating it, you think it's going to be a parallel with Fleischman and Rachel. Right. Then you realize it's a parallel with Libby and her husband. Sure. But then it also turns into a, a parallel with Rachel. Yes. Too. So that the, she also comes back. All yeah. these women be coming back. Guess what? So the ending, <laughs> sometimes you don't. Yeah. No, the ending with, uh, Josh Radner and Lizzie Kaplan was okay. They don't explain like, all right, what's going to be different tomorrow? Yeah. You know, it bothered me. You know, the whole time that they're going to stay together, sure, yeah. that they're going to figure out a way to work it out. Right. Or not, but just the inertia of the situation is going to. Right. You know. I think, I mean, she comes home and says like, I just know that I'm madly in love with you and I can't live without you. I mean, it really is mm-hmm. something that's that over the top. Yeah. And that is, I don't want to say that I don't buy it, but it felt a little unwarranted after she spent this whole summer, (laughs) like pushing him away in a very real way. I kind of didn't, I didn't believe this revelation Mm -hmm. of like, I've been terrible and I need to crawl in bed with my husband and everything will be okay. Yes, I completely, I did not buy it. It wasn't earned at all, but that was better than rachel coming that was i said to you can we all just acknowledge that sometimes people are better to just be divorced like there's not a universe where rachel and fleischman need to get back together terrible a terrible end like i hate it and i think they both can have happy endings that i'm i'm all for them Figuring out a way to be okay with each other as co-parents, yeah. but like, no, you don't. You don't just have to bring everybody back together in the end, and that's the only possible ending, right? Well, and also just totally unearned. Yeah, no explanation of how these two are going to move past right. the things that they've been through. No, honestly, like they both change as characters, but away from each other. Right. I like, would have been of the so gross. much happier if it had ended with like. A scene a month later where like maybe they are having a family dinner together or there's like a kind exchange during the kid drop off. Like I'm all for growth and I guess that's it. It didn't feel like growth. It just felt like a circling back to something that, you know, was just doomed to fail. That's exactly like why did we watch this if they're Mm -hmm. just going to come back? Because that the ending you described is the way that marriage story ends. Right. With Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson where they're sort of like. All right, I'll see you next week. And yeah. like they smile like, and like it's gonna be okay. Right. And we're not just saying this. Divorce because, is yeah. okay. <laughs> or or it's not, but just the narratively that does not work. Yeah. Like they did not earn right. the ending at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I found that very frustrating. I, I, I do agree with that. Yeah. Um all right, two questions for you. Okay. There were two that I've been really excited to get your take on Great. these two. Things. Hot take. Hot takes. Okay. One there is the symbolism of Vanta Black. Vanta Black. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. How did you feel about that? Which is like the purest black. Right. Like the military designed this color to like <laughs> be like, so like for airplanes can't be seen or something. And they have an art museum where there's like a room you could go in and it's like so dark. It's like too dark. I liked this. I thought it was most effective in the scene where he thinks it will be really cool to bring the kids to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And the younger son freaks out. Yes. And of course, like as a viewer or if you had hindsight, it's like, yeah, like that's going to Right. No kid is going to want to do this. But I thought that did a good job of capturing like all of the ways that kids just kind of suck it up and maybe like look okay 
okay, mm-hmm. but <laughs> are processing all of the, the emotions of a family splitting up and, and kind of how that can like come out of nowhere, mm-hmm. particularly if you make them stand in a dark yes. void. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I liked that scene with it. I thought it was less effective when like Toby himself. Sure. Toby? Yeah. Toby. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, what were your thoughts? Same. I agree with that. It it some of it was good and it was almost really interesting, but it got a little too close to the like good luck exploring the infinite abyss yeah. from Garden State for me <laughs> yeah. at times. Like just a little too much. And then I did think it was kind of interesting. Like later while he's shucking corn, Mosby's like talking about yeah, that too. I liked it that it came like, up a few times. But it was like they were almost there with something. Like yeah. a lot of this show felt that way. Like you're almost there. Like this is so close to being like great in yeah. its own. Like I, my overall take was that this was an often smart um, and interesting show, an insightful show that was not as smart and insightful as it thought it was. Yeah, no, I agree with that. All right, so here's question number two, moment number two. I wanted okay. to ask you about. He goes and gets his kids from camp because mm-hmm. his kids have his daughter's his, been kicked his out. His daughter for has pigs. Yeah, sent an inappropriate photo, yeah. up. and of course the boy doesn't get kicked yes. out. Yeah, and it led to a moment I loved where he goes and calls yeah. that boy a piece. I of did shit. love that. That was one yes. of my favorite. Yeah, part. that was I was cheering for yes. him. Yes, <laughs> right, and that's what I'm talking about. Like you're like, okay, that's like I like yeah. this moment. Like yes. he's not a totally unredeemable character. No, yeah, not yeah. at all. But on the ride home, oh, when they sing, they fight sing song. fight song. <laughs> So first he hears fight song himself on the drive up there. Then on the way home, the kids start singing fight song like really earnestly. Mm -hmm. Then later they play like a Hebrew version of fight song. How did you feel about all this? I like the idea and relate to the idea of like finding something Finding like genuine hope in something that the cynic in me would normally make fun of. Mm-hmm. And so I I I too have like sung songs in this where I'm like, I can sing roar and uh-huh. like feel good about myself sure. on the way to work yeah. when everything's falling apart. So I do I, I, I like the sweetness of that moment with mm-hmm. the kids. I mean it was a little cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just think it's unrealistic that the kids know all of the words to that song and that they would just like sing it a cappella. Like, I don't know. I didn't believe the moment, but I, I appreciated it as like mm-hmm. a constructed gesture. Uh, the rest of it, I mean, I didn't really care about the, I don't know, the Hebrew version and all, all yeah, the ways just, it was like a weird, up. like echo of it or something. Yeah yeah. 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 No, I think that's right. I agree that there's this idea of like, Again, stuff that you would be cynical about, especially like when your kids are doing it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is like there's a there's a sweetness or like an earnestness mm-hmm. about this that I find compelling. Well, I feel like sometimes I have to check myself and be like, what's wrong with a song like that? Yeah, like nothing. Right. Whereas I feel like my initial response to anything like that is just like roll my mm-hmm. eyes. Um, and maybe that's us as like... <laughs> academics who are what what was it self indul or what self-righteous self-righteous academic yeah. self-righteous mm-hmm. and negative academics yeah. um but i do <laughs> again maybe it's like i think there's a weird thing about getting older where actually i do think there's there are some things that i'm less cynical about mm-hmm. and that stuff like that is you know can fall into that category for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. no and it's it's again it was like when i played that like I made fun of that Nickelback song, and then, and then I like, went on YouTube. Well, yeah, and like all these people, like my brother died, and I listen, yeah. and I'm like, maybe I just am a dick. Maybe you I'm know? a jerk. Like, yeah, yeah. Like maybe there's no good reason to dislike this song, and it gets people through stuff. And like, right? I th- I think you kind of they did a nice job of, of putting the camera on Fleischman listening to the kids sing the song. Yeah, and I thought that that. Again, it worked pretty well. Yeah. I no, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and a moment that I was predisposed to hate, too. And yeah. I think that's why it works, too. Because you're like, as a viewer, I'm like, God, these kids are singing fight song. And then <laughs> yeah. it's like kind of charming. Yeah. And, and definitely sweet. Sweet. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, one thing that I thought the show was really good at was capturing um, the the way that kids are implicated in a situation that they have no control over and didn't ask for. 
Um, and that, that, I mean, there was a lot in the show that was just hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because it does, <laughs> makes you think about all the ways that you're fucking your own kids up. Sure. Yeah. And the way that there's, like you said, they're pulled into this thing that they didn't want and didn't have control over. Yeah. And then they have, man, the, um, the, all the stuff about like all time existing at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. was really good. Like the car, this, there's a scene in the car where the camera kind of rotates around and the kids are young and the kids are older. Right. And And that was very effective. And I think like, I mean, we've talked about one of the things that I've had to really limit myself on and thank God that like rotating picture frame is in your house and not mine. But I've had to limit like, Go just I could spend a lot of time upsetting myself, like hurting my own feelings mm-hmm. by going through old Facebook posts and Instagram. Yeah. Even though like I know I posted those pictures and I know that everything wasn't perfect. Sure, you know, right. but it's it is it I th- I thought that scene captured well how easy it is to go down that rabbit hole of yeah. like, man, three summers ago things were fine. Yep. Five summers ago things were great. Like right. what happened? Yeah. Well and you kind of like get caught up in your own narrative that you created of yourself. Like yeah. looking back at those social media yeah. posts and being like, Man, we used to be so happy look at what a happy family. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Even like, though again, like we know that yeah. that wasn't right. Yeah, but... <laughs> we fooled ourselves. Yeah. 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 All right. Do you have, I have a couple more things, but do you, what else do you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I th- just thought as a female viewer, they did a really good job. Again, we've kind of talked already about the approaching how difficult motherhood was mm-hmm. for Rachel. I thought they also did a really good job and this might just be <laughs> things I'm going through in my own life, but capturing Libby's professional dissatisfaction. Yes. Yeah. Just that feeling that like, <laughs> you can work as hard as you want and it's, you know, ultimately you come to this realization that it's not going to pay off and, and how crushing that is Mm -hmm. for her as a character. And I thought it was a real cautionary tale that she quits her job and thinks like now she'll finally write this novel and she just doesn't. Uh Um, So I, I really thought there were a lot of, a lot of elements to Libby that were very relatable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And she, yeah, I thought that that was nice. I liked when it kind of rounded out the edges of this world. Kind of, yeah, again, with her job or the three of their friendship mm-hmm. or even like some of the like Fleischman at work stuff. Mm-hmm. Though I didn't hear like really comes on to that um, like medical oh, intern. Oh, yeah. And then there's just like no consequence yeah, for that Yeah, no. All. And it's like, what are you doing? And well, and he like, <laughs> he like freaks out about it, but it's like... Yeah, you, you kind of saw that coming, but then there's sort of no, like, comment. He's just like, he does it on almost like a whim. He's like, hey, we could go get dinner and drink sometime. And she's like, no, no, yeah. I'm good. And then he kind of panics, but, like, there's no sort of, like, either commentary. I just don't know quite what that scene right. was doing yeah. other than being awkward. It's just showing us how desperate he's gotten, I, I guess. guess. But, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, but there's no, because I don't know if it's trying to, like, humanize men that do that because I don't but want But then they that. just go back to having yeah. like a fine relationship and it's like, oh, are you telling us that it's okay for right. a boss to hit on you? As long as he recognizes sure. that it was the wrong move. But then the Christian Slater character is the <laughs> yeah. much more like unredeemable, like me too, uh, yeah. asshole, you yeah. know? That, and, <laughs> and even, I mean, it gets so far that he's like, nobody wants to hear a woman's side of a divorce. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it's just like so like self-referential lines. Yeah. Um, I, I did like with Libby too. Uh, that's the Lizzie Kaplan character. I liked that. Uh, I'm going to have to paraphrase the line, but where basically she says that like she was in such a rush to do all of these adult things, get married and have kids and, and settle down. And that she kind of didn't realize <laughs> how much she was missing out on mm-hmm. until that was done. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've said that too. Like, I think, when we got engaged and married, I felt so old. Sure. And that's yeah. insane to me yeah. now. Like, <laughs> I feel like, you know, I mean, I, you, I can't, you can't say that you regret anything mm-hmm. or anything like that, but it does, it is funny how your perspective shifts. Right. Um, and I recognize, like, you can tell that she's just kind of like her, she's, 
dying for this. She's dying to be able to recapture that sense of of freedom Mm -hmm. that she, you know, had and didn't appreciate when she was younger, but you can't. (laughs) Right. Well, that's, there's a line that I wrote down that I wanted to mention where she says, and basically in regards to this, uh, how can you live when you used to have unlimited choices and you don't have them anymore? Mm -hmm. And I don't think that, I think that line is actually more and less clever than it's supposed to be at the same time. Cause like you also can't live with unlimited choices, right? Like you can't well, also nobody has them. Nobody has like, them. It's an illusion. Yeah. It's an illusion. And you, you live because you make choices. Yeah. And I know? thought they did a good job of capturing that with the Adam Brody character yes. where he's like, my life sucks. Yeah. You know, I yeah, mean, like I do want to get married. Like yeah. no one is, no one is quite satisfied. Everybody wants what they don't have yeah. or what someone else has, or they, I, idealize what someone else yes has. yep well and i love my i think my favorite line which captured us really well i thought oh, um <laughs> and i i texted it to you even is mm. how can you be so desperately unhappy when you are so essentially happy yeah i feel like that's yeah. it's, it's a great because that's sort of where we were was like yeah we have a good life yes you know like it's not this isn't like a miserable situation right so what what is the problem here and exactly? i think they ask they say in that like in one of the scenes, like how happy is happy enough? Yeah, right. Which is a, all a, almost literally a question that we yeah, ask. Yeah. You know, like, because I, I was like, what? We're 70% happy. Isn't yeah, that good isn't enough? Isn't that good enough? <laughs> yeah. What do you want? 73% happy? You selfish bitch. Um, 74%? I'll give you 76. <laughs> yeah. And I do think, I mean, to me, that has been an eye opener with the divorce is like some things are better, but mm-hmm. some things are worse, you yeah. know? And I guess that's just, <laughs> that's what it is. Sure. Yeah. Like how, yeah. What you just kind of a different type of happiness mm-hmm. and unhappiness. Yeah. So. All right. Well, you, I think I hit all my points in my notes. You got anything else you want to say? Um, I think that that captures all of it for me too yeah um i thought the claire danes episode i thought she was great yeah in the episode yeah. that featured her um and it made me want more of her again i think it would have been a more effective structure to like one episode on him one episode on her one episode on him one episode on her because i want more of her side of the story like it's almost too late when it right comes when around. she gets her shot yeah because yeah. uh Oh, I was just going to say, too, one thing that we should mention is that that minor character comes yes, in. Yes, <laughs> that I texted you about. Yeah. yeah. Where, and, she, and that was, I thought that that was the closest to where we are sure. now. Yeah, a minor character like what? Uh, Rachel runs into her on the Li- street. Libby does. Libby does. Okay, and there's she's Because that's like, what kind of starts Libby's like fantasy of oh divorce like yeah this could be great yeah and she runs into a character who's like yeah i got divorced and we're good and she's you know, like, he has them on great. the weekend we realized yeah. that we were friends like yeah. i've reconnected with a college boyfriend yeah, right mm-hmm. um i moved back to the city he's here right he <laughs> yeah he sees him every other week like she was like sort of this is the best case scenario yeah. <laughs> and that was actually another character that i identified with you know, more. I feel like I'm always going to identify with the Mosby type more than anybody else. <laughs> yeah, but. but I did. I like it that they at least give nod to like, sometimes it's fine. Yeah, sometimes it's the right thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. You got any other final comments? Um, No, I don't think Let's, so. Let's, I would like you to grade the show. Just give it a grade? Yeah, give it a grade. Mm, B plus. B Same. plus. Yeah, I think, yeah, B or B plus. It's and it, a, I mean... Obviously, I think we were approaching it. I think one reason why I liked it so much was because I I knew that it would tap into feelings and, you know, that I would identify with it as someone going through a divorce. But I also thought that it did a really good job capturing struggles of motherhood and and female mm-hmm. uh, work, being a female worker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I thought there was more to it than just being a show about divorce, which right. I think is kind of how it gets billed. Sure. Well, and it had, we've only kind of alluded to this, like there's really, I thought, good stuff on postpartum depression, which you yeah. just never see on TV. You yeah. know, like I don't think that ever gets touched. Yeah. And I thought that was really... Um, effective again I, I could have used more of her yeah um, yeah but all right well why if you watched the show let us know what you thought and you're great of it like a small boat on the ocean 
sending big waves into motion like how a single word can make a heart open i might only have one match but i can make an explosion and all those things i did Podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.